Hello and welcome to the I'm Walking Here podcast. Come and listen to some idiots talk about sports and give their takes for a while. Welcome to another episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident master, always Ian Cusick. Joined by my good friend, as always, the New Yorker, Bryce Olds. How you doing today, Bryce? I just got jump scared. <laughs> you were not ready, were you? Not really. So uh, it, our audio recording program, it just refused to cooperate. So, uh, you know, it, it's working now, obviously, because you're hearing this. You might not be hearing this, actually. This recording might just screw up and we have to restart, but uh, hopefully not. That would kind of suck. That would be a pain. I mean, yeah, and, you know, in theory, I could die before this goes up. That would suck. True. I, yeah, that could it's, happen. There's a not zero chance that that happens. You know, we just, you know, every day is a gamble. That's that's how life really is, you know? You, we wake, up to, and, we, you wake up and pray you don't roll snake eyes. We wake up, we live just to die one day, but we never know when that day comes. So True. I, I could die right now. And... Anyways, that would kind of suck. That'd be, I mean, for clickbait purposes. I mean, yeah, the ratings would be absolutely bonkers on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dies on camera, not clickbait. But um, yeah, that podcast. That's how that IWH to the moon, you know. But um, yeah, something, something, diamond hands, something, something. Uh, other outdated memes from three months ago. But uh, anyways, March Madness is winding down. We are in the last weekend of March Madness, which... Um, pray for my bracket. Pray for all There's your brackets, no, frankly. There is no prayers to bring that one back. Yeah, no. There, I mean, technically I can still win. I actually don't know if I can win because the only people in my bracket group that have a chance of uh, having the correct bracket are the ones that pick Gonzaga, which I am one of. So I don't think I can win, but uh, we are down to the final four. Um, I forget which round. We have to review the round of 16 and forward, right? An eight. So the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. So uh, where where do we want to start with the Elite Eight? Or for the Sweet 16, rather. Um, I guess we'll just go east, east, west, south, midwest. So in the east, Michigan uh, beat Florida State, which was obvious. We had that. Um, and then UCLA beats Alabama. That was a wild game. Uh, that, was, that was very weird. Yeah, UCLA has um, just been on an absolute tear. They have, and we'll get to their Elite Eight game in a bit. But first, uh, Gonzaga absolutely handled Creighton. Um, and USC beat Oregon late at night. Um, not much else to really say about those games. They were kind of just flat out. You know, I, I expected more of a fight out of Oregon. But, uh... Yeah, um... I I expected a better game, but USC really just controlled. 
Um, and then the South, Baylor beat Villanova. Arkansas scraped by Oral Roberts. Barely escaped Oral Roberts. Dude, Oral I Roberts. Thought, I thought Oral Roberts was going to pull that off. They were that, very close. That three looked close. very good at the end. It was Obviously, a very close game. It was pretty off, but I was really hoping that that was going to come. I was hoping that was going to land, but alas, the uh, Cinderella run of Oral Roberts does get cut off at the Sweet 16, which, like, you can't even complain about that if you're Oral Roberts because that is way better than anyone reasonably predicted you to do. Yeah. Uh, and in the Midwest, Oregon State beats Loyola, and Houston beats Syracuse. So in the Elite Eight, we'll go back. To, we'll go back. I mean, we could talk about these games because we didn't get to predict them. So UCLA beats Michigan, which was, I mean, hilarious, an embarrassing loss for Michigan. Michigan, I mean, they they love to just underperform, huh? You know, Michigan. Like I, Michigan not showing up is a tale as old as time. So I, I I find this pretty hilarious that, you know, this team was talking so much shit going into this tournament because they won the Big Ten, which was incredibly they did disappointing not this year. They did not win the Big Ten. Didn't they? Illinois won the Big Ten. Oh, that's right. Well, that's a different disappointing Big Ten team then. But um, Yes, no, they Michigan, bowed out way <laughs> earlier. But um, Michigan was still talking a lot of shit going in. And, you know, seeing them get smacked in the Elite Eight against a team that they should have beaten pretty handily. I mean, you put up 49 points against UCLA. I get that UCLA is playing way better than their seed right now, but, like, you're putting up 49 points against them. That's kind of pathetic. So... I got a hand to UCLA. I mean, from going from a play-in game to the Final Four is very impressive. Um, and they obviously now have to play Gonzaga, which I don't see. The, well, I mean, we're going to get to those games in a second, but uh, unfortunately they have to go up against Gonzaga. But I'll give credit to UCLA. Uh, it's not easy, especially as a play-in team, to go, I mean, to even get to the, like, Sweet 16. is You know, no... Easy feat, although UCLA did have the benefit of uh, an upset, and they got to play Abilene Christian. True, but still, yeah. they but they knocked off they knocked off the two and the one back to back, or not back to back. It was um, um, they knocked off two. Not, yeah, it was the two and the oh, one because they beat it Alabama was, was in the Sweet Sixteen and then Michigan the Elite Eight. So yeah, so they, I mean, they deserve to be here just as much as anyone else. I mean, if UCLA um, turns out to win this whole championship which would be absolutely wild. They would be beating a two seed, a one seed, then a one seed, and then either a one or a two seed, which would be absolutely Great insane. run. That would be um, an all-time and obviously, March Madness run. Well, let's see. They started with, they were an 11, so they beat a six, which was BRU, and then they beat Abilene, and then they beat Alabama, who was a two, and then they beat Michigan. So a... What an eleven or a six? They beat a six, a fourteen, and then a two, and then a one. And then if they win, obviously they beat another one. And then let's say, assume Baylor wins, they would have knocked off three of the four ones in all the tournament. Which that that would just be wild. That's that is an insane run. 
Um, but obviously their opponent Gonzaga obviously has been steamrolling everybody. Um, Gonzaga started this tournament with uh, a almost actually it was a forty three point win over Norfolk, and then they played Oklahoma. Uh, no issue there. Won by sixteen. Then they beat Crichton by almost twenty. Then they beat USC in the Sweet 16 by, again, almost 20. And now they have UCLA. Um, unfortunately for UCLA, I do not think they survive. I think Gonzaga very easily advances to the championship. Yeah, they're probably just going to steamroll UCLA like they've been steamrolling everybody else they've been playing. So, Great run, UCLA, but Gonzaga, have fun in the natty. I mean, Gonzaga's run has been a 16 and then an 8 and then a 5. Uh, and now they're playing. And then they played USC, which was a, another which was a 6, right? Yeah, UC, yes. USC was the 6. So now they, yeah. So, I mean, their run's been pretty good. Solid run for a number one overall. Um, it is what it is. Uh, and now we have Baylor versus Houston. Baylor's road to this point. Um, bit interesting. So they, they beat Hartford, and then they had number nine, Wisconsin, which they beat pretty pretty easily. Pain. Uh, uh, then they had Villanova. Villanova's always scary come March, but they did their job. Uh, and then they had Arkansas. They beat Arkansas pretty handily. Now they have Houston. And Houston... Houston's road to here is interesting because I point out to you, Houston is yet to play a seed under 10. So they played their 15 seed matchup. Then they played Rutgers, who was a 10. Then they played Cuse, who was an 11. And then they played Oregon State, who was a 12. So their matchups have been 15, 10, 11, 12. Um, and now they have to play number one Baylor. And I think their lack of playing a top 10 seed is going to show. I think Baylor wins. Yeah, I agree. And... This, is, this is a really rough matchup for Houston going from, like you said, just not necessarily easy teams, but teams that were lower-seeded for a reason. Going up against Baylor, which is one of the top teams in the tournament, uh, that's a huge jump. And while I think Houston's definitely going to be able to compete, I mean, Houston's been a very, very good ba- uh, basketball team. Baylor, Baylor's Baylor, and they've beaten up on... The two top five teams and a Wisconsin team that, even though they were a nine seed, still like that team was pretty formidable. So I, I just don't see Houston being able to beat Baylor right now. So that means our championship will be Baylor versus Gonzaga. I think this that is the matchup everyone's been waiting for. That is the heavyweight matchup we really look for. Um. I honestly really hope it's Baylor Gonzaga because that'd be a very fun natty. And I think if it comes down to it, who who wins that game, I think Gonzaga will be taking home the national championship this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Gonzaga's just been... They've been the best team in college basketball this year. I mean, in this tournament, no one's been better than Gonzaga. I think this season in general, no one's been better than Gonzaga. I mean, completely undefeated. Um... Usually, for some reason, you don't see the team that goes undefeated in the season going this far. But um, 
for one reason or the other that is, but Gonzaga this year, they've just been, it's been a murderer's row. So I, I don't really see anyone beating Gonzaga right now. Yeah, I think they they are going to be taking home a, uh, a March Madness trophy. I don't know if they've ever won one before. Um, but I think they are definitely, they're by far the strongest team. Um, I think they were going into the tournament as well, but they're definitely the strongest team left uh, with no Michigan and no Alabama. Like just, I mean, UCLA took them out for them. And um, just to answer your question earlier, Gonzaga has not won a national championship. They uh, came close in 2017. They did. They did lose that game. I think this is their. I think it's their time. I think they get their first one. Uh, they're definitely built for it right now. This is like their best. This is their best chance that they're gonna get. Who knows? Maybe this is one of Gonzaga's one of the new dynasties that comes out because obviously we see um, Duke. Duke is probably going to be back next year, but obviously North Carolina, Roy Williams retiring on April Fool's Day. Yeah, I gonna, thought that was an April Fool's tweet at first. It was not. Uh, it, that it is going to that's going to really hurt their program. We might see North Carolina maybe uh, enter a dark age for a little bit, which is crazy to think about because for most of our lives, North Carolina has been one of the best basketball teams every single year um, until really last year and this year, they've been really just, they've just been poor. Um, and I think that's going to continue. I think they're going to be in a dark period for a while. Um, I think Gonzaga is going to be, especially if they win the national championship, they're going to be a dynasty. Like this is going to be a program that like, I know they're not in, you know, like a Pac-12 or anything, but, like, I can really see this um, this program becoming, like, super dominant. Like, you see them in the Final Four. Like, it's weird to not see them in the Final Four every year. Um, they're, like, always one of the one seeds. Like, just one of those teams. I could see Gonzaga becoming that. But it's yeah. going to have to start, like, right now. This is a perfect opportunity, too. So, I think if Gonzaga um, wins it, they are going to become... I mean, Gonzaga's already mm-hmm. one of those schools that's like... If you're a top bas- basketball prospect, Gonzaga's probably going to be on your list. At least, like, you know, to hear them out. Maybe not necessarily, like, one of your top choices to, you know, commit to, but... I, I have to imagine that's one of the top schools to get interest. I mean... Obviously, Duke's traditionally been, like, creme de la creme. But Gonzaga, like, they're always, like, you know... If Duke and them are, like, S-tier, Gonzaga's always, like, lower S-tier, top of A-tier. So I have to imagine Um, that if they win the Natty this year, that's going to be just a massive recruiting hotspot. And also, I think this run from UCLA is a big deal, too. It can really revitalize them. Obviously, UCLA is a name we see a lot in college basketball being successful. Um, so it was really no surprise that, you know, they can really just rally at any moment because they're just one of the schools. Well, the same with Baylor and Houston, who are not you know, traditional basketball powerhouses. Baylor recently has, like, become very good. And Houston had... Uh, 
Houston's had some pretty good years. I mean, obviously not Final Four. This is Houston's best so far, but um, it's it's interesting to see zero East Coast schools in the Final Four because a lot of the time, yeah, it feels like uh, they they're there. But this time we got two Texas schools and two West Coast schools, and they're playing each other. All right, so I think we've kind of covered March Madness the best we can right now. Um, not really much else going on in the news, but we do have a little bit of baseball stuff to talk about. So, uh, what do we what do we want to talk about first for baseball? Um, let's well, the All Star Game, I think. All right. So uh, this just happened today, and the MLB announced that they are moving the All Star Game out of Georgia because. And forgive me, I don't really know all the details about this. I just know that there's a controversial voting law in Georgia. That's about, like, it's like the voter ID law, right? It's, uh, yeah. It's it's more, I think it's to, I think this particular law was to reduce the impact of mail-in ballots. Um, the overall gist of the law is taking away minorities' right to vote. That's really what it was. So, obviously, the MLB reacted to that by taking the All-Star game out of Atlanta. Um, and now all those lawmakers are playing the victim and crying and complaining about it like it's not their fault. It is their fault. Um, but I honestly, this is one, this is the first in a very long time, the first decision made by the MLB that I am fan of. Uh, I'm glad they did this because shit like that deserves to be punished. I mean, yeah, this is definitely the right call for them to make, um, I'm I'm just going to be honest, I'm not very informed about the situation, so I don't want to like say something that's going to be taken out of context because I said the wrong thing. Um when it comes to like voter ID laws, I understand how it's racist and I understand uh, the theory behind this is like oh, so you can prove that everyone's a citizen to vote, which like yeah, you do want to make sure that everyone voting is a citizen. But the thing is, like, the voting process already is supposed to guarantee that. So I think it's it, it, it's ridiculous. It's kind of a ridiculous concept to like want to mandate, in my opinion. But um, from what I know about this, it does sound like it was the right decision for the MLB. Which, it like you said, it's very weird to say, given how Rob Manfred has just been very very detrimental to the sport of baseball. But, uh, you know, this is good. MLB has traditionally been one of the better sports when it comes to, like, you know, the civil rights and whatnot, at least as of lately. So uh, I'll give them credit where credit's due. This is uh, the right outcome. Obviously, it sucks for the city of Atlanta because, you know, the All-Star game was probably going to be really good for them. But at the end of the day, the only people you can really blame for that are the people who uh, wanted this law to become a thing. 
And that's kind of one of the consequences that if you're going to create a law that's seen as racist, um, especially in a city like Atlanta, which is both pretty important to black culture and, you know, there's a lot of black people that live in Atlanta, that's going to be one of the consequences that comes from that. So, unfortunate, but that that's, you, you made your bed, now fucking sleep in it. Um, and obviously opening days happened in baseball as well, uh, except for the Nats and the Mets, because unfortunately the MLB, um, or maybe not the, this one's more the Nats' fault, uh, but they had a COVID outbreak and delayed their seasons. The Mets will be playing Monday, um, I don't know when the Nats are going to start their season, probably in another week or so. But interesting that there's still COVID outbreaks in the MLB. It's weird. It's crazy that, you know, giving them, um, you know, I mean, like, it's funny how baseball teams have been treated, have been uh, tackling the COVID situation. Because you see, like, the MLB is offering loosened restrictions for teams that get vaccinated. So, like, the Cardinals, they've already reached the threshold that the MLB wanted for looser vaccinations. But, like, obviously, the team that got most affected by COVID last season is probably going to be the ones that are going to be smart about it this time and try to do everything they can to uh, get vaccinated. I'm pretty sure almost everybody within the organization there has already been vaccinated, so good for them. But now the Nationals, and this is because, like, a few guys went to Florida the se- or they spent time in Florida before the season started just like screwing around and shit and they broke protocol which again you break protocol you're there's a good chance you're going to get stabbed in the back because of it but yeah um, yeah it, it's very telling about uh which teams are like you know I, I'm pretty sure like the Marlins another team that got really struck in by COVID last year they did a lot now to make sure they could avoid a debacle like last year, which like, you know, teams should be doing. Especially team like the nationals, which are like, that's like a fringe playoff team. It's, it's, it's crazy to me that like, I the fact that they're break like a team would break protocol and get a huge outbreak at this point, it's kind of insane. Um, and a lot of people called for the Nationals to be forced to forfeit, which I, I kind of understand. I mean, it's their fault. I mean, if I'm if I'm a Mets fan, I'm definitely thinking like, yeah, the Nationals should be forced to forfeit. Like, you know, when the game gets canceled the day of because of something that's totally their fault. Um, they totally should be. I, if I were an, a Mets fan, I would definitely agree with that. So I don't really disagree with the idea that like it, it makes it, the argument makes sense at least. Yeah, I mean, strictly because it's in Nat's own fault, I would just say that they do have an argument. Um, but. It is what it is. And 
I guess in terms of um, the MLB, that's really it for now. I mean, nothing really going on. Yeah, there really isn't uh, that much going on in sports right now. No. The NFL hasn't um, hasn't really free agency's kind of dying out. I mean, there's really no one else on the market that we're like. I think the biggest name out there is like AB isn't isn't signed yet, but AB's. I think AB is either going to play for the Bucks or not play. I think. I've seen some people saying like he wants to go to the Ravens or something because he wants to play with Hollywood Brown. I, I I think that's a really dumb logic. Um, or the tight. Does he want to play with AJ too? Is he related to AJ? I don't know. I, I don't he, think so. I don't think he is. I know he's related to Marquise Hollywood. But... Yeah. Uh, I don't think. I mean, obviously, there's one there has been in free agency before like one dividing factor or one huge factor that drove a player to sign with a team over another team. But I don't know if wanting to play their cousin is, you know, that kind of. Yeah. I don't know if that's enough to make AB leave Tampa Bay, especially after winning a ring, but we'll see. AB has shocked the world before. Yeah. That's kind of AB's whole mantra is like, He's a very shocking human being sometimes. Who do you think at this point, and we'll probably do, uh, actually we're getting close to a draft episode. It'll probably be in like two weeks. But um, who do you think, who do you think are the best free agency? Who do I think had the best free agency? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm very happy with how the Patriots free agency turned out. Not to like be a total homer or anything, but I do think that this was very good for New England. Um, Miami had a solid free agency. Low key, the Washington Washington might might have a. Uh, I think that free agency for Washington is going to pan out really nicely. Well, I, I mean, they got Curtis Samuel, but other than that, I'm not really I sure see, what else. Thing, that team, like, to make the playoffs, that team needed it, – it appreciates another wide receiver, and it appreciates a quarterback that's consistent. Obviously, They're going to draft is, one. They probably, I would assume they're going to draft one. The only issue is they're going to have to trade up, I think, because I don't – I think the only one that might be there at 19 or wherever the hell Washington's picking – is going to be maybe Mac Jones. Mac Jones probably will be there. I, I'm not confident in that, frankly. Mac Jones, I, I honestly am going to be rip-bozoing anyone who drafts Mac Jones. I do not think Mac Jones is going to be very good. I'm not, I'm not sure I agree, frankly. I think Mac Jones is going to be like a pretty, maybe not first-round talent, but I think if a team gets him late first, which again, I think a team's going to reach on him prior to that. I don't think he's going to be like a bad use of a first round draft pick. But I also think of like the five first round quarterbacks, he's the worst one of, the, of those five for a reason. Um, a lot of people have been saying uh, San Francisco 
three for traded up to three for Mac, which would be hilarious. I'd be laughing my fucking ass off if they did shit. I'm not buying that shit for a minute. You're gonna tell me that they, because they were at what pick twelve. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna tell me you moved from pick twelve to pick three to take a guy who's for Trey for or not Trey for fucking Mac Jones? If I that, hope if they not. wanted, because I know the personnel department likes uh, Trey Lance better. I'd believe that. If they said they want Trey, Trey I, Lance, yeah, I definitely Trey Lance makes more sense at three without any question. No, but, easily, because Trey Lance is better than Mac Jones. That would be like Mitch Trubisky level shit. No, if they no, traded up not, to that's three not, for not that egregious. It's I, I, it could be. No, no it, trading up from twelve to three for Mac Jones is nowhere near as egregious as trading up from three to two for Trubisky. I don't know, man. We'll see. If they take Mac and he fucking sucks, then I could see it. I don't know if the 49ers are going to draft a quarterback or not. It's a very interesting situation in San I think, Francisco. I think the only reason they dra- they move up to three is to draft a QB. Because you don't need to draft, you don't need to move up to three to get. Well, that's a, to like, that's, you know, a, that's really seven. the thing. That's really the thing. Is like they they are very good overall all around team. Like they don't need a very good left tackle. They don't need a very good like you know any anyone else really that you could see being taken in the I top have to, three. I have to think that if they go top, if they're since they trade into the top three, they have to go quarterback here. They're either going a super high level wide receiver or quarterback. Those are the only you, two things I can see him doing. You could have traded up to six or seven, and you're still getting one of Jamar Chase, um, Devontae Smith, or what's the third guy whose name I'm thinking of? Waddle? Yeah, Waddle. You're getting one of those three if, you're tra- if you trade up to six or seven. Or a quarterback. You, you could, can, there's going to be QBs on the board. If you take Jamar Chase at three, that's not a bad pick. But my thought process is like, <laughs> yeah. you could have traded up to a later spot, and you still get one of those three guys. And I think all three of those guys are going to be absolute savages. In the league. I think all three of those guys are going to be on the board at three. Like, oh, they, I don't think, they will be, yes. Like, Jamar Chase and and um, and Devontae Smith are not going to be the second overall pick. I, if the Jets um, take it, that's going to be hilarious. I mean, it's not I don't know hilarious the, having them with the Patriots for a while, but like that's another thing is I don't know what the fuck the Jets are gonna do. Like they, the Jets honestly have so many options. Like they need a lot of shit. So it's gonna be really interesting to see what the Jets do. Like they could go QB, um, which they should do. I don't know if real. I mean, they they can. Like I don't think Darnold's. I, mean, I don't know. Darnold's in a weird spot right now. Uh, Darnold is in a weird spot right now. So, like, if you want... Here's what I would do. Because Darnold's on his fifth-year option right now, which I believe they did take. Oh, wait. No, this is Darnold, This is Darnold's contract year. So, you don't exercise his fifth-year option. Oh, actually, that's... Ri- you know what? I'm going to go back. So you exercise his fifth-year option. You start him this year, but you also draft a QB. In the first round. You let him see who at at pick two. 
you see who's better, and if it's clear that, you know, let's say that it's Justin Fields, just for convenience sake, because he is the second best QB in this draft class. I've seen people say Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, good quarterback, not as good as Justin Fields. So let's say Fields goes two to the Jets. If Darnold turns out to show up and he's better than Fields, well, then that's unfortunate, but in hindsight, you make that draft pick 100%. Uh, I mean, it's still, I feel that's risky. Because, like, you either, I think the Jets either go with a, an investment to protect Sam Darnold or they move on from Sam Darnold completely in this draft. It's one of the two. One of those two things is going to happen. They're either going to commit to Sam Darnold. Um, and draft like an, an offensive lineman or another receiver, or they're just going to move on completely. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Panay Sewell, if he doesn't go here, he's going to go to the Bengals at five. Um, Which, that's not even a guarantee either. He could go earlier. Well, well the Niners aren't going to draft him at three. They they have no reason to. Yeah, they just four, got John Williams to a huge extension. So who picks four? Um, pick four, that is, right now, that's, um, the Falcons. Um, I don't know if it's with him either. I mean, it's possible. The Falcons would absolutely appreciate having a left tackle like Sowell, but I think they have so many bigger needs right now that I think they take Matt Ryan's successor in this draft. Yeah, I probably could see Zach Wilson being their pick at five. So that would make a lot of sense to me. I mean, my that's just my thought process is that like well, okay. as badly as these teams do need help at tackle, like every one of these teams could would appreciate getting a tackle like Panisa Well. Uh, Cincinnati needs him the most. And unless some team, like, you know, absolutely swindles the Bengals into moving up to make sure that they get so well, um, I would not be... I would imagine that he falls to Cincinnati at five. Um, uh, this, Q, this, this QB draft could be interesting because obviously Trevor Lawrence is going number one to Jacksonville. That's obvious. Like, yeah, they've but, confirmed that he's going to Jacksonville. But... But hear hear me out. Like we could have, there's potentially, um, I mean, you could you honestly could see four QBs in the first four picks, or you could see one QB in the first like five or six. It would be at least the first six. Um, well, we'd have Lawrence and then no one else, and then we'll see what happens. I don't, I'm honestly very interested to see what happens if uh, the Jets and Niners pass up on QBs because the Falcons will probably take one. Honestly, I think, I think the Falcons might be the most likely to take a QB. Well, the Jags and the Falcons, I think, are locks for QBs. Well, obviously, the Jags are a lock for uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I don't I, know. I man. think. Mm. Because like the Jets, the Jets so weird. I think the Jets are going to take a QB, and I think it'll be Fields. I think they are going to draft Fields. That's what I think happens. But if they don't, he'll probably he's going to go to Atlanta, which would be phenomenal. I I hope he does go to Atlanta. Um, 
Who all, who picks after the Bengals at six? That's Miami. Miami's not taking a QB. Miami's absolutely not taking QB. So seven. Um, Seven's Detroit. I now, doubt it. Another weird team because they did just trade for Jared Goff. No, I don't. They won't draft a QB this year. But honestly, I could see it next year if the season goes like shit, and it probably will. Um, I don't know how many more years Goff has left on his contract. Well, honestly, we but, see that it doesn't matter because the Eagles took that risk and traded once away. So if it's that bad, they will take the you risk. should. I don't think you should be basing things off what the Philadelphia Eagles do with contracts, though. No, but I, I do think that an NFL team, if, they, if, a, if a situation was bad enough, no matter what the cost, will get rid of that situation. I think I think this season, if Detroit is dog shit, and they probably are going to be, because I mean they lost Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. or Senior, he's one of them. Um, they lost their two best receivers. That offense looks egregious. Like that, the team is probably going to be a fucking disaster. They might win two games, three games. Like that team's going to be shit. Um, who picks after Detroit this year, though? Carolina, who should be taking a QB. They probably will. Um, although Unless it does they go early. If well, here's the thing, early, yeah, they... that's that's the thing. It's like it, there could be four QBs in the first four picks, or there could be two. In which oh. case, if there if four go in the first four, like you suggest, they might wind up taking Mac Jones at eight. Which that's potential. I mean, massive overdraft, but Mac Jones. I don't think really. Honestly, I don't know how good a QB is going to do in Carolina because their only weapon be Christian McCaffrey because they lost Chris Samuel. Um, they still have Bobby Anderson, who's a good deep threat. Did you just call him Bobby Anderson? What? I think you just called him Bobby Anderson. I've never heard anyone call him that before. I don't know if he goes by Bobby or not. I've always heard Robbie, but you know, maybe, maybe someone calls him Bobby. Maybe maybe you'll just see him one day and just be like, "Hey, Bobby Anderson, how you doing?" And then he, you know. Anyways, I don't know. I mean, like this is a very interesting upcoming draft because I can see Carolina going with a receiver. Honestly, like it's possible to replace honestly, Curtis. It's, it's not a terrible chance that one of uh, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle are going to be available at eight. Oh, one of them at the minimum, probably at least two. I, I'm i not confident on uh, one of them should be. Because let's say four QBs go. Well, the, problem, the problem is, is the teams drafting that high, it would be more of a luxury pick to take one of those players. Because, like, San Francisco, I don't know what the fuck San Francisco is going to do. Like, well, I, I genuinely have no idea. But, like, San Francisco's been, like, very, they've been kind of playing their hand well because they're saying they're open to moving Jimmy, but they want a first round pick for him, which, like, no. No, absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. Um, here's but, the thing. I think, like I said, I think it's drafting Waddle. Chase or uh, Smith is like a luxury item because like the Jaguars are obviously not going to. Um, 
For the Jets, I mean, yeah, they could go like chase, but like that's not really going to help them. I mean, they'll make the offense better, but they're not going to win any games. Um, and for the Niners, it, I mean, I, I can honestly make the argument that the Niners maybe should go with Chase or Smith. Um, All right, so, uh, sorry, you, you go. I'll, I'll make my point after. And then, obviously, at four, you have the Falcons. If they draft a wide receiver, I don't know. I like The stadium is going to get burned to the ground. Like, I don't know what the hell they would be thinking drafting a wide receiver in this draft. I mean, obviously, yes, they're very talented. I would kill to have Waddle, Chase, or Smith on my But if you're the Falcons, this is – you draft a QB here. Pray Fields falls to you. I don't think he will, but, like, even if he doesn't, Zach Wilson's there. He's solid. And if you do wind up with Trey Lance, I mean, it's a riskier pick, but it's still, like, he's going to be a talented QB. Trey's gonna be cool. Trey's gonna be um, a, a very interesting. I think Zach Wilson is more. Um, he's definitely more Matt Ryan. Zach Wilson definitely fits that Matt Ryan archetype. I don't know. I mean, like, I think teams are gonna be more looking for QBs that have some mobility in which that is true. Which I know Trey Lance, he's not exactly the most mobile QB in this draft. He's definitely more of a strong arm guy. But I Trey Lance, he, he can move at least. Like I'm probably more confident in his ability to move than Zach Wilson's. Granted, if I didn't we, watch a lot of either of their games just from what I've seen on him. If we take out Trevor Lawrence, I think um Trey Lance is that high floor or that not high floor, that low floor, high ceiling kind of QB. I think outside of Lawrence, he is the high ceiling. Um, I could see that. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I think fields has a low floor. Like I think fields is a very safe number two QB two. But I think, um, I think Trey Lance is, Got extreme upside with very high risk. But, like I said, I would rather have Fields, but I don't think Fields falls to four. I think Fields is going to the Jets. I'd be very shocked if Shields, or Fields rather, not Shields, Fields. Um, If Fields, yeah, I mean, so here's how I think this is going to go. And we'll do our official mock draft in a couple weeks and, Ah, that's going to be a nightmare. But Jacksonville is pretty much guaranteed on taking Trevor Lawrence as they should. I mean, that that's just an easy pick. Number two, I think the Jets go Justin Fields. Again, I think this is an easy pick. I mean, as much as I would love you to screw it up, like, please, for the sake of, like, football sanity, don't screw this up. Pick three, um... Obviously, this is very dependent on if the Niners do wind up moving Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think they hold on to him, and I think they take the best wide receiver on their board at three. It's probably Chase or Waddle. Which is probably Jamar Chase. It's Chase or Waddle. I mean, I can see Smith being the third of those drafts. I think Smith is the best one. Uh, Obviously, we've seen concerns about his weight, which I think is stupid. He's not a fucking lineman or linebacker. He's a wideout. (laughs) Um, 
But I mean, weight would be an issue if he was like you know two forty or something. Like if he was like you know Kevin Kelvin Benjamin size. No, the guy's like two twenty. No, he's not. He's like one eighty. <laughs> He's Isn't light. He? He's a light. He's, he's, he's light as fuck. He's like 180. Um. Oh yeah, he's six one one seventy four. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't see what the issue is here. Yeah. No. He's not. He's, he's fine. Not even, he's not like a big guy. If he was like you know one of those bigger possession wide receivers, like you know, if he was like you know six four, you know two forty or something like that, that might be an issue. Six one one seventy four. That's not like crazy bad. It's gonna be interesting also to see uh, Kyle Pitts where he goes because Kyle Pitts is a potential. He's a potential top ten pick. Um, probably the best tight end we've seen in a while out of uh, out of college. Yeah, this is kind of like what T.J. Hawkinson was supposed to be, which. TJ Hawkinson, a lot of hype, but what a fucking disaster that pick was. Not even a disaster. Hawkinson's been good. It's just the Lions have been so bad that it really makes you wonder, like, was Hawkinson worth taking at pick 10 there? No. Knowing that this team was an absolute train wreck and needed more than a luxury tight end. Yeah, that was a bad decision. Um but I like I like Kyle Pitts. I I think he's he's going to be top fifteen, no questions about it. He might be top. 10. We will see. We'll be more heavy into the draft soon. Uh, it's around that time. But I think for now, uh, we can kind of wrap it up. All right, that is going to do it for episode. What is this? One thirty-eight. Yeah, I think so. Episode one hundred and thirty-eight of. I'm walking here. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWH Podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter at Ian Cusick. That is spelled C U S I C K. You can follow Bryce on Twitter at It's Beeriz, I T S B R I Z Z. Thank you for listening and have a great day.